Hello, and welcome to another episode of Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the conversations from around the Washington National Guard and the Washington Military Department. I'm Jason Kreiss. On today's show, the State Public Affairs Officer, Joe C. Mandel, and the WMD's Communications Director, Karina Shagrin, sit down and chat with Adam Wasserman. He's the manager for the state's E911 system, that's Enhanced 911. He tells us all about the history of the E911 system, how it works, and what the future holds with the new text to 911 features that are becoming more and more popular across the country. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Cool. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, we are joined today by Karina Shagrin, the communications director for the military department, making Hi. her uh, Raven Conversations debut. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And we have Adam Wasserman. Um, Adam, I'm going to let you say, I, I know you as the E911 guy, but that's probably not your actual title. Yes, I'm the uh, Washington State 911 coordinator. Um, how long have you been with the, uh, kind of tell us about yourself. Tell us how long you've been with the agency. And okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm a retired Coast Guard, and uh, I joined the agency back in December of 2016. So I'm coming up on my five years in the position. So it's been quite a quite a ride so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and always in the E911 kind of Yes. Realm. Yeah, I came into the uh, 911 coordinator position. I've been in it ever since. And what last week you were the deputy director yeah, acting don't, deputy. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, come on. Adam. So, come on. <laughs> well, and now I'm also uh, acting deputy director for the emergency management division while they uh, try to fill the deputy director position. Congratulations. So kinda, <laughs> 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 filling two roles kind of there, but I have a really good team uh, in 911, so they they do most of the work, at least yeah. all the good work. So, uh, How many people are on the team? So uh, my office, we have 14 people. So the way 911 operates in the state of Washington is it's a, it's a local responsibility. So the actual handling of calls, you know, the, the PSAPs, uh, public safety answering points or 911 centers, uh, the county's responsible for the actual handling of the calls. Uh, the state office, we handle the network that all the calls run on. It's called an Emergency Services IP Network or ESINet. So we manage that contract. And we also provide uh, financial support to counties, and we provide subject matter expert, you know, technical expertise to counties, and also provide some training coordination for the counties. Uh, so one of my questions I have is, what's the difference between kind of that regular 911 network that we all grew up with um, and what you guys are managing now? I know it's probably sure. not, it's it's definitely not 30 years older, you know, or it's <laughs> 1990s. And, um, so a little history on 911. So back uh, in, I had to write it down to make sure I got the date correct. Uh, February 16th, 1968 was the very first 911 call. So right before that, the FCC decided that they needed to have a quick number that people would remember and could call quickly to get uh, emergency support. So 911 was one of them that was not used as, a, as an area code at the time. So that's why they chose it initially. And the first call was actually made in Haleyville, Alabama. Back in 1968, and then what the, happened? Do you know, uh, do you know a why? senator who uh, you know they got it all set up, so a senator called the, and then the 
911 call went to the police station. So the police station there was the the PSAP of today. So what, can I wait before you move forward? This, the senator was doing a test call. Was yes, senator, yeah, the first oh, call was a test okay, call. They, okay, they, so it. they could show okay. that it works. That was the official. Understood. Call. Yes. So he didn't just randomly pick up a phone and say, "You <laughs> know what? I think if I go through the three-digit numbers, he'll see what happens." I'm gonna call his 911 number yeah. and see what's going on. And then um, the first PSAP or 911 center west of the Mississippi was, so there's a little argument there. So Puyallup was actually the next one in 1969, but Nome, Alaska, February 22nd of 68, started their 911. So you know, I really like, though, as a, as a Puyallup grad, I, I think Puyallup should regain that, that honor. Well, we'll say for the lower 48. Okay. How's that? Does that work good? Yeah, so, yeah, works well. So, and and then it was just basically when you dialed it, it went to the designated area. Most of the time, it was police stations or things like that. And then as it evolved, they began standing up actual centers that just handled the call taking, and then would dispatch different things. So when, well, maybe not when you guys were a kid. Bo and Karina was a kid, probably, oh, and I. Uh, you you would notice that you would have nine one one, but you'd probably have a sticker on your phone that had a ten digit call. Um, to the police station, to the fire station. I did not have that, for the record. I did not have that sticker, but keep going. Okay, so. <laughs> this is not rotary well, phone, Adam. Well, she was, like, well that's true. That's true. She pr- you probably didn't have rotary. I had rotary, and, and we did have that sticker that said, you know, here's the police station's number, and here's the fire station's number, and then 911, when it got to us, you know, you could do the three-digit dialing. Maybe it's because Puyallup was so early on <laughs> implementing it. Must be. And I'm much older than you. Um, so, yeah, so then it was just, and then when that number was called, it was directed to. And then as it advanced through the years, um, they started bringing things like enhanced 911. And basically what that was is when you made the call, there was a location device, a location attached to the call. So they knew the, where the call was coming from. Now, that works really well for wireline phones because it's in your house and it doesn't really move around. So as we've moved on through the years, now we're looking for more information. So... Next generation 911 is the is the next step, and that's converting it to really an IP-based system where we can get a lot of more information and we can pass a lot more data through, things like text, pictures, and, you know, the future, you know, your refrigerator being able to call 911, you know, that kind of stuff, telematics. So that's what the future of next it, It's like Adam looked at all my questions before Sorry. he even, like, Jeez. he's like, man, I know exactly <laughs> what he's going to ask about. And that was going to be my next question yeah. is kind of tell us about the future of 911 yeah. with texting and uh, like the next generation, and you already kind of okay. started to touch on. Well, it, so here in here in the, here in the state of Washington, we just transitioned over to our next generation ESI net. So we have a network now that has the capacity and capability to handle all kinds of data. We also have the capability. So if you make a call, and it, you know, with cellular or mobile phones, the call doesn't necessarily go to the correct PSAP because cell signals can bounce around. And so we'll get them, especially down in the Portland-Vancouver area. People will be in Portland, the call will bounce the river, and they have to transfer it back. So as technology advances, and we're also trying to catch up with the, the mobile phone. So just to give you an idea, back in 2000, about 73% of the calls coming in were wireline phone, hardwired phone to your house. And only 27% were from a mobile phone. So 20 years later, last year, um, 2020, 10% of the 911 calls are coming from a landline. Oh, wow. And 84% are coming from a mobile phone, and 6% are coming from VoIP or voice over IP. So a lot of people, you have a home phone, and you think, oh, it's a hardwired phone. It's probably not. It's probably a VoIP service, especially if you have CenturyLink or something. It's probably VoIP. It's going over IP. So 
obviously with that, now these phones can move. And we have the technology in these cell phones that, you know, there's more technology in your cell phone than put the first man on the moon. And so they can do lots of things. And so we're trying to get the network to catch up to that. We're a little more ahead of some of the other states. There are some states that still are using selective routers and they don't have an ESI net. So, but the future, well, I'm just going to keep talking. Are we ever going to get to the point though, where like, um, you know, let's say you are using Uber Eats, right? You can track your delivery driver. You know, they're at the restaurant picking up your food. You know exactly where they're turning left yes. and you yell and you say, you shouldn't turn left there. Are we ever going to get to the point where we might be able to see where our first responders are at after we make this call? I mean, is that part of the next step? Seeing where the first responders are at may not. I mean, that is as a technology that we could do. Uh, eventually, yes. I don't know if we want necessarily people want to, to know. Sure. There might, I get that. But, but that's a question we often get. It's like, hey, I call Domino's and they can get a pizza to me. But 911 still the first question you'll get on the phone is, 911, where's your emergency? And that is because, one, technology, the calls can bounce around. But also, even though you have GPS in your phone, most phones, um, it would take, you know, the FCC saying that has to be enabled for every 911 call. And so they haven't Mm -hmm. done that yet. So when you call Domino's, you download the app and you tell the app, yes, I agree that you can use my position and everything. So that's why it's more accurate. There are um, different apps out there for 911. There's like Rapid SOS, um, Smart 911. There's other ones that have kind of that technology. The problem is, is just like the pizza app, uh, those peace apps would have to have the Domino's app, the Little Caesars app, the Pizza Hut app, because the expectation of the public is, well, I have this app, you're going to know. But it's the peace app that would have to download all these applications. So eventually we're getting to where the devices are now starting to what we call hybrid device-based routing. So they're starting to send that information. And when we get to complete SIP, it'll be able to come in the header. So the, the, the lat long will come through the, the header of the SIP message so that we'll know where it is. Sorry, long answer. All right. But yeah, that kind of goes into the question I had too. Is you know, uh, I, I never gave my five hundred nine number. I live on the west side of the state, though. I know Karina has a five hundred nine yes, number as well. Do. Does that have anything to play with it? Where your area code on your phone? I mean, if they're not using the technology, where to find you if you're not doing that? No, it doesn't. Because when you t- make a mobile call. So you make a mobile signal, and it's going to hit the nearest tower. And it may not even be the nearest tower. It may just be the tower with the strongest signal. So it may, you know, skip a tower and hit another tower. And then what will happen is that tower goes, hey, this is a 911 call. And so it sends it into our network. The location it gives, the initial location it gives is probably either the location of the tower or the centroid of that tower where that tower is looking, kind of the center point. And then we get like phase one and phase two location. So as the call is going on, they get more information. They start using tri- triangulation to actually zero in. So we do get, it gets very accurate. What we're not getting is the very first location is the exact GPS coordinates of that device. That's what we want to get to. You're kind of getting down to like the eight digit grid, but you really yeah. need to get down to like yes. the, the 12 or 16 digits. And-, and then with them moving, you know, if you're calling and you're in a car, you know, it has to keep up with it. And it switches from tower yeah, to tower. Yeah, if so it's a long call that. through, you know, you're driving on I-90 and you're going, right. you know, through the middle of, you know, Grant County, those calls, if you're just talking to your, your wife or something, those calls are actually bouncing from tower to tower to keep that signal the whole way. So how does the text to 911 going to work? So text to 911, right now in the state of Washington, we have about 25 of our 39 counties have text to 911. 
our goal and probably our biggest objective for this calendar year is that by the end of the calendar year, it'll be statewide because then we want to be able to go out with a messaging campaign saying text to 911, you know, call if you can, text if you can't. Um, there are lots of cases. We have lots of stories from other. I just spoke to my counterpart in Indiana, and they had a story um, two weeks ago of a lady who all she could text was uh, to 911 help and then kidnap. Oh. And they were able to, because she couldn't talk, they had her in the, I don't know if she was in the backseat or whatever, but they were able to actually track it and, and bring the people and stop them and oh, wow. the justice. So there are great reasons to use text. Um, it helps with, you know, if you're in your closet and you have there's someone in your house, you know, um, domestic abuse, abuse situations. So there's great reason to have text. And we want to get a statewide so we don't say, hey, if you're in this county, this county, or this county, go ahead and text. If not, you're not going to, you're going to get a bounce back when you text to 911. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that would help Yeah, <laughs> with messaging for yes. sure. But the bottom line is, though, even if it is available, if you have the ability to call 911, you should call before you text. Yes, calling first if you have the opportunity is okay. the best. And that's just because it's quicker back and forth. We're, we're working towards also real-time text where they're seeing you type as you go and you're seeing mm -hmm. them type, but it's not there yet. Yeah. And so the, the calling just allows for that dialogue with the public safety telecommunicator, who I just want to put a plug in for. 911 and all the technology we have is awesome, but the most important part about 911 is the public safety telecommunicator. The person. The, the, mm -hmm. the person taking yes. the calls. That is the most important thing. They do amazing I mean, they do amazing things. They go through, you know, when someone calls 911, it's their worst day most of the time. And these people are taking people's calls. It's their worst day every time. And even if it's not what some people would consider an emergency, it's an emergency for that person. You know, they're to a point where, hey, I'm having to call 911. That's usually not the first resort. We do have people who misuse it. But for the most part, if you're calling 911, you need help now. And so they're taking these calls. They're getting the resources headed to the scene, and then they're jumping on another call. So these telecommunicators don't always hear what happened. You know, I had the father doing talking him through CPR on his child, and then the medic showed up. So we jumped off because we have other calls. Did that kid survive? And so it's a, it's a challenging job. It's a job I couldn't do. I don't have the skill set to do that. And so the people that do it are just absolutely amazing. But there's a shortage right now, right? There is a huge shortage. Yeah. Because the the pay, well, depending on where you are, the pay not be, may not be the best. Yeah. You know, you have to work weekends sometimes. You have to work holidays. Um, it's it's a stressful job. It but takes, rewarding. Let's sell this job. Yeah, no, very <laughs> rewarding. Very rewarding. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a stressful job, and it takes it takes special people to do it. If someone is interested in exploring a job or career with 911, who, who do they reach out to? So there are a couple ways. Now, what we have done is we have put up a, a website called wajobs911.com. Uh, I got uh, wa911jobs.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> wa911jobs.com. And basically what that does, if you go to that site, the state, we have that state that site run by the state because we have listed all the counties, and you can click on your county you're in or a county you want to move to, and you can get in touch with the PSAP, the local PSAP, which is where they do the hiring. And okay. it has some more information on, like, you know, testing they do and give you an idea. And, and they can also do a ride-along. They can contact their local PSAP, and lots of times they'll have people come in and sit down and, and hear what it's like to, to do the job, you know, before. 
No, they are great. I, I always talk about my experience calling 911 when my precocious little two-year-old locked herself in our bedroom. I didn't even know our bedroom door locked, but she locked herself in, and my husband was out of town, and my parents were out of town, and um, my mom said, well, you, you have to call 911, and I thought, that is the most ridiculous thing ever. I can't call 911 about this, but I but I did, and the lady on the other end of the phone was a, an, an absolute miracle worker, and the firefighters came, and they got her out, but I know that it required a lot of patience because I was a panicking mother who probably made absolutely no sense, but really did appreciate having that person on the other end who, who, you know, was able to go home and feel like she made a difference. So rewarding job for sure. Oh, I, I, every watch, I mean, we get in the state, you know, there's 589 calls an hour across the state. And so, you know, at this moment, someone's, you know, talking someone through childbirth. Yeah. Uh, we get those stories all the time. I mean, some of the funnest things is to hear the stories from the counties and the PSAPs of just some of the amazing things these people do. And, yeah, the technology is great, but without them. Yeah, the, the rewarding part. My best friend was a 911 oh. dispatcher for about 10 years. Wow. Um, and uh, he, the only reason he left the job is because he took a fire chief job. Oh, okay. Um, so it was definitely a promotion for him. But, I mean, he always talked about the rewarding of helping somebody kind of through that stressful moment of life mm. where they were – they're holding a weapon ready to do harm to themselves and kind of talking them off of that ledge. And he said it was always rewarding to go home and know that he saved yeah. that person. So, that, Yeah, that, it's just amazing. And, and, then, and then you get to the, the other side of the fence. When you look, so at least nationally, um, 911 telecommunicators are considered uh, clerical. Oh. They're not considered first responders. Oh, interesting. So huh. um, there's a big push uh, at the federal level called the 911 Saves Act where they're trying to pass that they are considered uh, first responders. Yeah. And, and here in the state, we're, we're, we're trying to push things like that, too, um, through the organization APCO and NINA, which are some you know, 911 organizations. They're trying to push and hopefully push some legislation to do that. But there are some local counties. I know Jefferson just did it, and I believe Clickitat just did it, where they had, they had a county ordinance that says, hey, 911 telecommunicators are considered first responders. Hmm. And it's important because they – they are. They're, they are the first first responders. So trying to get that uh, stuff like that pushed because it, it means a lot. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any more questions. No, I just think what we really appreciate you coming here, Adam. Our department, you know, the military department, the, the missions and the work that we do is so diverse and so all over the place that it's always nice to have someone come in and kind of tell us about one more component of the military department that a lot of people probably aren't even aware that we, we do this. But but we've got a talented crew that really manages this program for the rest of the state. And I think it's great. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah. And one more time, yeah. the uh, website, if anybody's interested, is wa911jobs.com. Um, I know that probably helps you guys at least promote that, hey, the jobs yeah. are out there and they need to be filled and they're important. So, so yeah. no, thanks, Adam. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks.